I'm Marcia. Welcome to the Inspired Word of God. Do you feel that despite your believing in God, that you aren't getting help from Him? Have you had some breakdown because you feel God should have showed up when you were in need? Let's talk about it. I have had a few conversations with people who experience great trauma and or tragedy in their lives. And they were in great anguish at the time that we were talking. And they were even angry and resentful because they felt like God should have intervened and prevented the tragedy from happening or the trauma from happening. And we get mad at God when things happen to our loved ones or in our lives because we always hear people talking about or preaching about asking and receiving and God is faithful and he will answer you but we don't think about our side of the fence what are we doing to get that answer from him or what are we not doing that's blocking our prayers and our blessings. In Matthew 7, 7 and 8, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks, receives. And he that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Do you believe? Let's start right there. Let's say you believe in God, but the question is, do you believe what he will do for you? Do you believe that he will give you what you're asking for? Do you believe he can do it? Matthew twenty-one twenty-two. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask, in prayer believing, ye shall receive. If you struggle with your faith, God knows that. If you are not believing and trusting that he will do what you ask, then why would he? Your faith activates him into action. I'm sure everyone has heard that story about the woman with the issue of blood. It's been preached time and time again. So I'm going to read Matthew 9, 20 and 22 through 22. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And Jesus turned about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. As I have listened to this story preached over the years, two things struck and stuck. One was her persistence in getting to Jesus. Because as you read the story in the Gospels, Jesus is surrounded by 
a crowd, a very large crowd of people. And she is struggling and striving to reach him. And that's why she said to herself, if she could just touch the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. That made an impression with me that her faith, her trust and her belief in him and what he could do for her was so strong that no matter how many people she was trying to get around and go through to get to him, that she believed just touching the hem of his garment, she would be made whole. And, and her faith, her, her strength in her belief, her trust, and her, her faith stuck with me. For her to have that kind of faith, most of us would have said, no, I've got to get up there to him, and I've got to touch him, and I've got to have him lay hands on me and tell me I'm going to be healed. That's what most of us probably would have done. It would not have been a thought of, if only I could just reach out and touch the hem of his garment, then I'll be made whole. The second thing that stuck with me was in verse 22, when he told her that her faith made her whole. It says, but Jesus turned about and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. In Luke 8:44, it says, She came up behind him and touched the, the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. It stopped. The minute she touched his garment, the bleeding stopped. Because she had that faith in her heart that if she could just touch his garment, because there were so many people around, she couldn't get to him. So if she could just touch his garment, she would be made whole. She would be healed. So skip down to Luke eight forty six, And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. He told her that her faith made her whole. Her faith in Jesus activated his healing power. So by the time he turned around to address her, she was already healed. He didn't have to say, daughter be healed. She was already healed. We have to believe and have faith that he not only will do it, but that he can do it. And for many of us, it's the can do it that we struggle with the most. Because we believe that he will do it. We've read about the miracles that he has done. Or we've seen it happen in somebody else's life. Can he do that for my situation? He can do that for you and your situation. But you have to meet him halfway. You've got to have the faith and trust in him that he can and he will. Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently 
seek him. And that word seek, seek him, that also is a key to this. For those who feel like he doesn't listen to them or he should have showed up when things were happening, he does not owe you anything. He sacrificed and died for each and every one of us. He doesn't make us serve him. He gives us that freedom to choose whether we will or we won't. So you can't live how you want to live and do whatever you want to do and never seek him out and never seek out that relationship with him, but then get mad because something horrible happens in your life or that of your loved one. And he didn't step in and intervene and stop it from happening. And I have had a few conversations with people. They were angry and resentful. They were mad at God because they felt like God should have simply intervened and saved their loved one's life or turned the situation around. I'm going to read from Psalms 50. 16 to 23 and I'm going to read it from the life application version because it speaks in more of a layman's terms that will help you to understand it a little bit better but to the wicked God says what right have you to recite my laws or take my covenant on your lips you hate my instruction and cast my words behind you when you see a thief you join with him. You throw in your lot with adulterers. You use your mouth for evil and harness your tongue to deceit. You speak continually against your brother and slander your own mother's son. These things you have done and I kept silent. You thought I was altogether like you, but I will rebuke you and accuse you to your face. Consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with none to rescue. He who sacrifices thank offerings honor me, and he prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. There are individuals who hate God's word they hate his instructions because his instructions stand in their way for their self-gratification. They continue to live how they want to, doing what they want to, and they get angry because God doesn't show up for them. Psalms 59.21 tells us he kept silent, but they thought he was like them. Just because he says nothing while you live a sinful life doesn't make him agree with what you're doing. He instructs us against sin. So what makes you think he's okay with it? The question is, are you living for him or living for yourself? You hate instruction, don't want to hear about God. You and your household are not living for him. But when things happen and drama, trauma, or tragedy strike, you get angry with him because Things don't happen the way you believe they should happen. He is a sovereign and all-powerful God. He loves each and every one of us, and he wants a relationship with us. 
He wants us to follow his instructions, his commandments, and be obedient. But he will not reach down and make us do that. It has to be our choice. You can't have one leg on one side of the fence trying to go on the right path of God and have the other leg on the other side of the fence trying to go down the wrong way of what you want to do for you. Your legs are going to go where you will them to go. They're not going to detach from your body and go separate ways. They carry you where you will them to walk. Accidents do happen and people do die. There are times when God's hand prevents accidents and he does save people. That happens according to his will and his purpose. He's not a drive-through. You can't run through and get help when you need it. And then when you get the help you need, it's out of sight, out of mind again until the next crisis comes along. We can pray for people. We can pray for their safety. And God will hear us. But don't get resentful when things happen and he doesn't prevent it. The most devout Christian has lost loved ones. They have had God intervene in some situations and not in others. But for the souls out there who have no desire to serve God, consider that you do not have a relationship with him and that you're not interested in developing one with him. But he is interested in you. He does love you. And he does want that relationship with you. Psalms 10.4 states, The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. Proverbs 8.17 I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. God knows those people that work iniquity, those people who are consumed with themselves and their wants and desires, have no thought of him. When someone mentions God to them, it goes in one ear and out the other. But he does want us to want to be with him, to want that relationship with him, and to diligently seek him. And he wants us to do that before it's too late. While we are here breathing this air, we have every opportunity to seek him. But there will come a time when the time is up. And no matter what you say, it's not going to matter. In Luke 13, 25 through 27, it reads, when once the master of the house is risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. Then ye shall begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence, and thou hast taught in our streets. But he shall say, I tell you, I know you not whence ye are. Depart from me, 
all ye workers of iniquity. Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills, from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Our help does come from God, but we have to take the initiative and go to him. When you are in a tight fellowship, in right relationship with God, there is more to learn and gain than what he can give you from a material standpoint. Miracles do happen. He goes beyond mercy and shows us grace and favor. Things that are not significant to others will be more than enough for you when you serve him. He shows up in our life and in our spirit. And we recognize awesome manifestations that blesses us. He does awesome things like this when you least expect it. But that's because you're vested in a relationship with him. And it's not about what he can give you materialistically. It goes much further than that. It is never too late to come to him and establish a relationship with him. If you are hurt and angry because things did not turn out the way you thought or wanted them to, repent of that grudge you have against God. Ask for his forgiveness. Let go of the resentment. Accept his peace and love. Your sincere heart will reach out and touch him with no effort. In closing prayer, Lord, enlighten our spirit with the word of God. Let us reach out and make the effort to get acquainted with him. I pray we learn of him and his character. Let us not question why he didn't prevent events from occurring, but instead question our own disloyalty to him. Help us to come into right relationship with you, Lord, building on truth, trust, faith, and belief that we can seek your help and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen.